Is there one true religion? I think every religion is a path to, it's like every river is a path to the ocean. If you follow a river long enough, it will take you to the ocean. Welcome to You Are the Guest, a weekly show where you can be the guest and tell people what you and your friends and neighbors think about news events and issues of the day. It's part talk show, part opinion poll, part reality show, and a whole lot of fun. And it's completely dependent upon your participation as a guest. To be considered as a guest for a future show, check out the website at www.youaretheguest.com for details. Now here is your program host, Bill Grady. Greetings from the great city of Fort Dodge, Iowa, and welcome to show number 33 of You Are the Guest, the show where we talk to everyday people just like you and me about their lives and about the issues of the day. Our guest today is from North Carolina. Sue, welcome to You Are the Guest. Thank you. Would you tell our listeners about yourself? Well, I'm basically a solitary monk. I've studied most of the world's religions and um, synthesize them into a spiritual practice. And what I do is uh, spiritual counseling for individuals and uh, trying to teach the world a little bit about the understanding that I have. It pretty much occupies every day of my life for the last 16 years or so. How did you get involved with it? It, uh, it's been an evolution over the years. Uh, well, I was brought up in Judaism, and I went to yeshiva for 10 years. That, you know, that's the orthodox level of Judaism. And after, when I went to college, I started studying Eastern philosophies, um, Buddhism, Hinduism, and I integrated those first for several years. Plus, I did a lot of international travel. Later on, I incorporated understanding of Christianity, uh, Native American traditions, and shamanism, and continue to marry all of those on the mystical levels. You know, because on the earthly levels, there are many differences, and that's why we have so many wars, because of the differences. But those differences are basically on the worldly society levels. But if you continue in a deeper level of understanding uh, through meditation and prayer and through direct contact with those spiritual beings who uh, have been here and have ascended and who are still available for our counsel, you begin to uh, see how much they are the same. And, you know, uh, the problems that we have nowadays is a result of uh, really a culmination of these differences coming together. But eventually, everyone who leaves this world gets to see how they are the same. Is there one true religion? Ah, very good question. I don't think that there is just one true religion. I think every religion is a path to, it's like every river is a path to the ocean. If you follow a river long enough, it will take you to the ocean. 
It's the same ocean for all. It's the same water for all. But the religion itself is not the enlightenment, or the religion itself is not the end goal. The awakening to uh, the God who has created all is the goal. And all religions can take you there if you follow it deep enough. Now, you have an advantage where you have studied Islam, and there are a lot of stories in the news with the world events that people are offended over cartoons about Muhammad. Timely question. I have studied some. I've studied a little bit of Sufism, which is a branch of Islam, and I have read passages of Muhammad's work, not the whole Quran, though. And where... Yeah, the political cartoons are insulting in every direction. Uh, I, you know, I've seen insulting cartoons for every political party in the world. I mean, we've all seen that. You know, uh, the fact that this, these particular cartoons were offending the Muhammad followers is not that different from what's going on elsewhere. So, in your opinion, are they overreacting? I think I think any kind of violence in reaction to a cartoon, yes, is overreacting. You know, they they can easily write their own cartoons in response, but but destroying people's lives and buildings and property is really unnecessary. Tell me about Christ and the angels, because from what I've read about you is that you seem to have more of a slant toward Christianity. Some of my writing does, yes. Um, There is a vocabulary in Christianity that I like to use, but I also make a lot of references to Buddhist thought. Spiritual energy, the Holy Spirit, which is not just the Christian Holy Spirit, there's a Holy Spirit that is all around. It's all around us. And if you get there through belief in Christ and Mary, if you get there through the belief in angels, if you get there through following your lost pet into the woods, if you get there through crying over your grandparents' death, you can find the Holy Spirit. Uh, it's there for everyone. Its, it's presence is everywhere all the time. So Christ and the angels are are also there, but they you could say that the formation is really a bit of a consolidation of the Holy Spirit into those particular personalities. In other words, Christ's energy, Christ's personality is a condensation of the Spirit. And when people need to see or being visited by uh, the light of an angel, or the light of Christ, or the light of the archangels, they're really seeing uh, the condensation of that energy. And it's by their choice. They actually do have consciousness where they say, this person needs to see me, therefore I'm going to form a ball of light in the living room. And then they will be able to get a sense of support by that. They can do that by conscious effort. Have you witnessed a psychic event or something that 
most people would say that's a paranormal occurrence. Oh, yeah. All the time. I have, continue, I have continuous visitations from these uh, angelic forces, and they, you know, help me guide. They, they guide me in what I need to be doing here while I still have some time left because I'm ex- extremely focused on this, and I have no reason or desire to begin or end any new careers, you know. Um, where people, you know, when I ask, oh, what can I do today? What would be my best way to serve today? I just, I wait for the opportunity to show up or I present myself so that whoever is actually ready to hear what I have to say can make the request. Um, I wait and I listen for their guidance all the time, every day. And I usually can see them at night uh, when the lights there's a certain level of light that helps me to see them, um, you know, a reflection off of something can usually help magnify their energy or their presence in the room with me. Do you remember your first occurrence? Well, I can remember that when I was a little girl, I used to have prophetic dreams or precognitive dreams, and I didn't know what they were at the time. The first one that my mother told me about, which I, I mean, I actually remember this, was I woke up out of my sleep. It was about 9 or 10 o'clock in the evening. And, you know, at 3 or 4 years old, you get to put to bed around 8 o'clock. And uh, I jumped up. I said, Mommy, the mountain is exploding. A mountain is exploding. I didn't know the word volcano. About an hour later... She looked on the news, and I think it was Mount St. Helens, or with some part of the world, there was a major volcanic eruption. And I didn't know, I really didn't have any idea what that was, but I had seen it in the dream, and I was scared. Um, there were other, I had other dreams that would wake me up, and then I would find myself sleeping on top of the kitchen table. That happened several times. <laughs> where my mother would have to come in and say, you know, go back to your bed. I would be up on the kitchen table with my blanket and pillow just sleeping there because for some reason I was I was guided there. I don't know why. That I wouldn't call that any kind of psychic phenomenon. But I do get a lot of um, direction in my dreams. I, I know about what other people are up to or sometimes... Uh, how they're feeling, you know, it'll come through. I have a lot of deja vu in my life, and that is really how I tell myself that I'm on track or not. What do you know about deja vu? Oh, uh, that's a good question. Well, let me ask you, what kinds of deja vu do you get? Are they uh, personal events? Are they world events? They are personal events like I recognize the moment. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Well, there's different explanations. I haven't done a, a whole lot of study on that, but it can be a, a, a matter of cognition, you know, the mirror of the mind reflecting on itself before it actually perceives of itself, you see. Because you're already perceiving things without knowing that you're perceiving them. And sometimes you actually see that you're perceiving, you know. And um, that's actually, I think, an, a more advanced state of awareness than what most people go through. 
What do people need to know about horoscopes? Because most people, when they look at their horoscope in the newspaper or on the on the web, probably aren't getting the, the full story, correct? Very, very right. Um, the horoscopes that you see in newspapers are so watered down. I mean, that's, I wouldn't... I wouldn't call that true astrology. Most professional astrologers will laugh at, you know, what they see in the newspapers. <laughs> and it's all about probabilities, too. Um, if somebody says, uh, I make a 100% prediction, I, wouldn't, I would steer away from those because it really has to do, again, it's physics, and it has to do with probabilities, and everything is, you know, energy, energy, energy leading up to probabilities of reality. So if I were to give you my horoscope or my my birth date, would you be able to give me a, a quick overview of my horoscope, or does, is that a complicated process? Well, it is complicated, but I can give you a few uh, thoughts to chew on. You said before July 12, 61, and when I look at my ephemeris, and I'm not calculating on a computer because that would give us a lot of information. But just the, the basics, um, we know that your son is in cancer, the sign of the crab, and that tends to make for uh, a feeling kind of person, somebody who loves family, who has strong attachments to the people that are close to them, and plus your moon is in the sign of the crab. Um, so they are right next to each other in the same sign, which gives you an extra watery nature, uh, an affinity for the emotions, specifically with the moon there. And, you know, because you mentioned bef before that you have done a lot of radio, I'm looking for the planets that lend itself to communications. And you do have a couple of planets in Virgo, which is a communicative sign. Your Mars specifically is in Virgo. And that makes you very sharp-minded and also very detail-oriented, which is great for, you know, when you're doing broadcasting, you have to be right on, you know, the minute for your uh, work. And you also happen to have Venus in Gemini. Gemini is really, really uh, the talkative sign. Geminis will sometimes change their mind, but your Venus being in Gemini will give you the, uh, a little bit of a softening of the Gemini nature and a love for communications in general and also a way to make money in communication. Venus is not only loves beauty, but it loves nice things, you know, and money goes along with that. Your Jupiter is in Aquarius, which is a very open-minded, very humanitarian, uh, loves to expand. Jupiter will expand whatever sign it's in, or whatever it is in relationship to, it will expand. And uh, Jupiter, being in Aquarius, is perfect for any kinds of uh, humanitarian sharing of ideas. One more communicative sign that you have here is Pluto in Virgo. 
and Pluto is uh, Pluto being in Virgo makes you very a good business person being not uh, wasteful and being able to do a lot of research looking deep into things and in detail so it's also good for um, keeping things organized and looking at another level of what people are saying that sounds like my last employee review. <laughs> well, that's just the quick look. You know, we haven't even looked at the angles. If I was to do it on the computer, uh, we could look at all the geometries and see how those relate to each other. But, uh, I, you know, just from talking to you now, and I'm extremely sensitive, and... Um, I know that you're listening to me. You're listening deeply to me, even though there's a lot of quiet spaces from your end of the conversation, because you're doing the interview, obviously, you know, this is the format, but um, I can tell when somebody's really absorbing what I'm saying or if it's just bouncing off of them, and I feel that you're really absorbing, and that's the, that's the caring nature that I sense in you. Are there some people that are without souls? Oh, wow. I can tell you this much. I think everyone is given a chance by God with a soul. God creates all the souls. He, God is the big soul, you know. And all the, everybody has a little piece of his soul in them. But because he came and through his avatars and through his messengers, he sent them the word to come home to him, to remember him and to come home to him. And this is how you live a good life, and this is how you help one another, and this is how you value your spiritual nature. Now, that gift is so precious. If you don't recognize the gift of that soul in you, then it's possible that it can be taken away. And it, you can lose... You can live your life, and when it's over, it could be over. You could end up with not having anything in the end, you know. And it's scary. I didn't want to believe that myself as I was studying metaphysics over the years. That, um, you know, I'm not sure that I believe in a hell, as some uh, fundamental faiths would, you know, say or even a Muslim faith, you know, you're going to go to hell, you're going to burn. But I do feel that if you don't value the light that was given, then the light will be taken back and used somewhere else. And then all well, your consciousness, everything else will just disappear. You won't have anything. But, you know, on your, on your way out of the body, if you recognize some of the things that you did and you have a chance of forgiveness and try it again you know which is where reincarnation comes in you know you can be reborn and try things over and do things better than you did before is there such a thing as lost souls yes uh-huh are, are those ghosts or is that something else I, I equate those with ghosts you know uh, souls who kind of hang around because they don't remember or they they can't get in touch with those other levels they think that earth is the only place to exist or to live so they you know just kind of hang around 
and uh, wait for some new guidance. They have to be willing to hear the guidance, though, before they can move on. Can somebody from the other side bring them across? Uh-huh, yeah. If they're willing to hear it, yes. Obviously, the earth is going to expire at some particular point. So if the earth is going to expire and these souls are still walking the face of the earth, where will they go then? That's a good question. They will probably get dissolved up with all the other energy here. You know, burned up or however. And lost for eternity. Yeah. Well, not lost. I mean... Loss is a, yeah, I guess so. That would be the word. In the news, we read about a lot of crime and about really what I would term evil people. What will happen to evil people? I think that's where it comes, you know, I think what I was just explaining before relates to that. Um, evil is definitely uh, a subjective term. And probably there are levels of it, not just one type of evil or another, but different levels of corruption, you know, within the person's life and their soul. What will happen, I think, is going to happen the way I said before, unless they recognize it and change it, you know, come back again and do things better. And they might have to come back a lot to redo to make things better, make up for what they did. Here are the final five questions. What do you do for fun, or what do you do for relaxation when you're not relaxing as a monk? I spend a lot of time in nature. Um, I I really never shut down. It's all spiritual to me, everything. So... Whether I'm in nature or whether I'm, I'm with animals, I love animals, I love weather, I follow the weather intensely, I follow the elements intensely, but it's not, di- it's not different than anything else that I do, it's just a different, you know, water or fire, they're also expressions of God and I watch how they act and learn from them. How can you spot a quack? <laughs> you know, uh, I'm, not, I'm not going to answer all of that because there are lots of things. But, you know, Andrew on that Energy Grid site, he has, a, he has an article in there called, oh, I, I can't remember the name of it. He did like a 20-point thing, you know, if they charge you thousands of dollars or, you know. He had a, he had a very detailed uh, article. You might want to ask him about that. But uh, I really, I, I really trust um, people who are honest and who have integrity. Before I trust anybody who's pushing you for uh, their, you know, to sell their book or something. If your pet is depressed, what's the best treatment? Oh, you have to be with them and listen to them. And that's it. That's the first part of it, of course and change your behavior in case your behavior is what's causing their depression. What's an energy shift? 
Oh, well, energy shifts, and shifts all the time. You know, we're surrounded by energy. We're made of energy. So energy is always shifting. I guess it depends on the context that the person is referring to. You know, if they say, oh, well, they had a healing and they felt a shift in their energy, that would refer to the physical presence in their body. But weather is an energy shift, you know. When it rains, that's an energy shift. When there's lightning. And the final question, what is the number one problem in the world that we should be seeking a solution for? Well, I guess it goes to the release of suffering and everything that everything that uh, creates suffering should be diminished. And that can be so many different places and areas. Suffering is ended by the witnessing of compassionate acts and by the doing of compassionate acts. And that can lend itself to, you know, feeding the hungry, sharing resources. I mean, it, it goes on and on, but suffering is, is the main problem in the world. And it manifests itself in a lot of different ways. So it's time to play Ask Bill 3. This is where I'm going to turn the microphone over to you, and you get to ask me three questions about anything. So fire away. Okay, Bill, well, you were asking about evil in the world. What do you think characterizes evil, and what do you think will happen to those souls? My definition of evil is, for example, in the news lately has been a story about a husband who killed his wife or allegedly killed his wife and his child. And one of the conversations I was having with somebody locally was, you know, how can you as a person do that to your wife and your child? And my only explanation internally was that there is something definitely evil with that person. How I think what will happen with, with evil people is that uh, maybe I, I, I share a synergy in, in your belief, and that is that instead of them going to the light or being with goodness, they will just cease to be. There, there will be no hell. They'll just basically evaporate from existence, if that makes sense. Yeah, I can picture that. Mm-hmm. Is that a logical explanation? Oh, I think so, because um, energy will just, you know, move itself into another way, you know, to another form. Uh, it, it can clean itself, and it can be reused, you know. You know, sometimes I think of it like, remember the movie Ghost with Patrick Swayze and Demi Moore? Well, the good guys were brought up to the light through a beam of light, and light beings, you know, kind of corralled around them. And the dark guys had these big noisy shadows surround them and suck them into a black hole. So maybe that's another way of looking at it. I don't know if that's accurate, but it's another way of looking at it. What would be the purpose of our conversation 
And the purpose of your having this podcasting uh, website, you know, what, what would be your goal? What would you like for people to come away with? Well, I guess to answer the purpose of the podcast, the purpose of the podcast for me is to take this personal journey where I can meet a lot of people from around the world and just have conversations and all types of conversations, whether it be a spiritual type like we're having today or one that's just kind of light entertainment or one that's of a very political and very serious nature. So that is is one of the I guess main purposes was that I just wanted to have some conversations and and, uh, see if there were other people in the world that either shared the same views as me or my guest or to find out if I could learn something and in that process have other people learn right alongside with me. And if I think we're going to go through the, you know, what's the purpose of our conversation here is that you certainly have a lot of experience with the topic that we haven't presented before. So I thought you would have something unique to bring to the party, if you will. Okay. And what would you like people to come away with from this? Because from my point of view, you know, I've touched on a lot of different areas, but what would you like people to come away with today? I think if there is anything that somebody can come away with, maybe pique their curiosity to find out a little bit more and find something in the spiritual nature that makes sense to them. Any other deep conversational pieces or points that you're kind of feeling that you'd like to talk about? Well, maybe we don't have to do it all in one conversation is what I was thinking. Maybe there is a time, maybe in a year or six months, whenever you feel like it, that you would like to focus on something like earth changes, you know, um, with all the, the, the changes in our weather. Um, I have a lot of understanding of that, and we can bring in astrological uh, pointers that uh, give us a sense of timing on that. And there's some writing on the web about it already that I posted. But uh, maybe we don't want to put it all into one conversation, but that's another idea. Oh, that, that, that's a very good idea, not uh, putting 10 pounds of potatoes in a 5-pound bag. <laughs> yeah, you know, I don't want to overwhelm people uh, with too much at one time. But I really enjoyed our conversation. I feel a kinship with you and uh, intellectual and the conversational wavelengths that we were sharing are very harmonious. I liked it and really enjoyed the conversation. Sue, thank you so much for being a guest on You Are the Guest. If somebody wants to find out more information about your writings or about the services that you do, how would they be able to find out about that? Well, they could write to my public email, which is su808 at juno.com. That's the one I have outposted for people. And they can uh, ask me a question or ask me how they can have a private session and so forth. Sue, once again, thanks for being a guest on You Are the Guest. You're welcome. Take care now. 
If you'd like to be a guest on a future show, just go to our website at www.youandtheguest.com. Submit your first name, the town where you live, and a short description on why you'd make a good guest. There is no charge for being a guest, and you'll have the opportunity to share what you think and how the news and events from today affect your life. The show's producers will contact you by email if you're chosen for a future show. Hi, this is John Bischke from LearnOutloud.com, where people go to enrich their lives and become better at things that are really important to them. One of our titles that I'd like to recommend to you is Bill Grady's audio seminar titled, How You Can Create Advertising That Really Works. It's a very common sense approach to answering all the questions that many small business owners have when it comes to doing advertising effectively and efficiently. And the best part about Bill's audio seminar is that it comes with a money-back guarantee. For more information on Bill Grady's How You Can Create Advertising That Really Works, go to learnoutloud.com forward slash Bill Grady. Learnoutloud.com, changing the way the world learns. That takes care of the show for this week, and taking us out are two songs from the Poncho Ponzafe Music Network. From the great city of Fort Dodge, Iowa, I'm Bill Grady. Thanks for listening.
Music provided from the Podsafe Music Network. Check it out at music.podshow.com.